Welcome to the Crane Reframe, a Fraser fan podcast. I'm Ash. And I'm Sarah. And we are on the air. Say. I'm gonna say the crane again. Yeah. In case you weren't welcomed enough, I wanted to welcome you a second time. Sarah's quite welcoming. I'm inclusive. Very inclusive. Get Proud on in myself. here. Get oh, on. Yeah. Get on up here. Get on our lap. Welcome. Come sit in between us on this little love seat. And in case you didn't hear us the first three times, welcome again. Hey. Welcome. Hey. 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 Welcome. No, you're welcome. No, you're welcome. <laughs> All, All right. right. <laughs> Sick of ourselves. We are. Episode two. Episode two. And we have um, shocking news right at the top. We did not have time to count Fraser Crane's conquests over 11 seasons. <laughs> In one week. In one, one week. One measly week. No, we underestimated. Over. Under? Under. Yeah, that's right. You're we in did. college. Yeah. We underestimated hey, the amount of time it would take to count and tally. You know what? And I bet if we didn't do it the lazy way wait, let me say that sentence again. Okay. If we decided to do it the lazy way, I bet you we could Google this. Yeah. Like I know like but for Seinfeld there's like a thing that says how many dates I'm Jerry sure Seinfeld's someone's been done on. it. I feel like we can take it into account, but I just want us to have a raw. That's what I want to do too. I don't like doing it the lazy way. Okay. You know? Not that we don't appreciate those who have come before us. Because they didn't do it the lazy way. They didn't. But you know what? We need to earn our keep. We do. So we're going to actually do the Fraser Crane body count episode coming up. We're not going to say when. It's definitely not going to be episode three because I think right now we have a busy week for both of us. Last week, my in-laws were in town. I worked a bunch. So it was kind of crazy. I didn't have as much downtime as I usually do, where I get to sit and watch Frasier at nighttime. And I was just vibing. She's just having a good time. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I was working and doing you, things, too. But. You're in school. You work. I like to think I just vibe. You have a personal... <laughs> you're just telling yourself? Is that what you tell yourself in the mirror? Yeah. Yep. When things get rough, just vibing. I'm not stressed. I'm vibing. <laughs> I'm vibing. See that girl in the mirror? She's just vibing. She's vibing. Yep. Okay, so we decided to skip ahead to another theme that we're really excited to do. And I know Sarah's happy about it because she brought up one of these episodes that fall within this category last week as her one her favorite episode. So we're going to do music episodes. So Any episode that they perform music pretty much. Like uh, it's a theme to like create. Yes, to create music. To create music. So we will cover... Season 3, Episode 3, Martin Does It His Way. Season 3, Episode 16, Look Before You Leap. Yep. And then lastly, we will do Season 7, Episode 13, They're Playing Our Song. Some classics right here. These were good to revisit this week. I think it's funny that two of them fall within the Season 3 category when last week I was like dogging on Season 3. 
I'm telling you, season three has all the gems. You know what? There's some good ones in there. Rewatching these to prepare for today. Uh, there's like some standard quotes in these episodes. Yeah, actually. some of them have like a lot of quotes in it. Like I was like, this is everything that I referenced, like right here. <laughs> I also feel like I really just was comforted by the season three vibe and just realizing that I also like their hair and all of them. Like, like okay, Frazier's hair is better in season three. Yeah, I like it a little longer and like more curls a little bit. Like it's not the long hair like mullet oh, in season one. Yeah, but I'm it's just not saying like, like it's, shaved. It's like thicker. Like season yeah. seven, watching that, mm-hmm. it's like even Niall's hair is super short. Maybe that's because he's balding or something. Or Niles. Yes. Gotta so call out his receding. <laughs> Do not bring attention to it. How dare you? So we'll just uh, start, I guess. <laughs> How do we do this? Shot in the dark. We're new at this, so uh, I guess we'll just. Start. Well, we have a corrections. Oh shoot! What are we? <laughs> I spent like seven minutes on this. I'm firm that it was seven. We had a business meeting. Is in that the what they're car. called? Yeah, we we met. needed to talk about what we are going to address our corrections as because. We're going to have some corrections by every episode to make. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to call them right our wrongs. We're going to write some wrongs. So because you know what? We came in a little hot with some confidence last week. And I definitely said some things that just weren't true. I don't know why. <laughs> you, I fully believed that Jane Leaves was American or Canadian. Like, and I, did I was not thrown think. off because I remember when she was in the commercials for games. Like um, board games. Uh-huh. And there was a she whole... She was in commercials for board games? Yeah. And they were like all by like some brand like Hasbro or I don't know. Whatever company like, makes... Throw your dice. <laughs> she actually would say there was a whole campaign called the Get Together Games. Really? Yes. And she'd be like, it's a get together game. I was full of shit. I'm surprised and that I was you like, like, had this whole have... memory and you were like just doing like the math lady. You know, the lady yeah, just yeah. doing calculations. And I was like, but the commercial, she also has an English accent. Is that just to keep up with her? And you character? know what's wild is I've literally watched like. Like, when they did a Zoom call all together and meetings and interviews and stuff like that, I don't know why I just forgot that she had an English accent. I was going to say, maybe it's faded a little bit? Maybe. I feel like I I just, I read, I felt like I read or heard or saw someone probably comment something saying that she didn't have one and that Martin, that Okay, because Martin is from Manchester. Yeah, which is crazy. So, that's hilarious because that's the... Where Daphne is supposed to be from. And he had eight siblings. He's basically Daphne. He's Daphne. That probably made the chemistry between them easier, you know? Yeah, because it's like a female version of him. Yeah. Perhaps. So to right some wrongs, um, in case you couldn't tell, um, Jane Leaves is um, British. She's not. She's from England. She's British. British. So is John Mahoney. And he actually worked to get rid of his English accent when he came to America at 19 after his sister came out here. So he kind of, after he joined the U.S., I think it was the Army, yeah, U.S. Army for Korean War, he didn't want to stand out. So he, like, actually worked to get rid of his accent. Oh. So, yeah. But he was able to access it, you know. For that one scene. Which is actually in one of the episodes today. Yeah, you get to talk about some of your favorite things today. <laughs> it's a very Sarah fun episode. Do we have any other wrongs to write, or was that it? 
<clears throat> oh, it's leaves. Jane leaves. So you had one, I had one. Yeah. So there, good job, everybody. We we take we accountability have... here. We're humble here. We like to learn, and when the only way to learn is to be uncomfortable. And mm. I'm quite uncomfortable with being wrong. So I'm learning, I guess. <laughs> We're very uncomfortable right now. And that's how you grow. All right, so why don't we just start chronologically? Season three, episode three, Martin does it his way. One of my favorites. Yeah, I know you reference this one all the time. I can't not sing his song. (laughs) Anytime I see a groovy lady. (laughs) She's such a groovy Groovy lady. Shoot it bop 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 Yeah, that's that's the one that I hear all the time from you. Cause the way he sings it is just so He's so earnest. His that's eyes. True. Like he really means it. Like he's looking at them at the piano and he's just like, This is my song. <laughs> he I don't need it. any other critics, okay? This is for Frank's ears only. Yeah. Yeah. Do you relate to his creative? You know what? I let people in sometimes. <laughs> I let people help me. Yeah. I mean, he, help, he let them help him. Well, yeah, because he knows how to play music. It's like Chris and me. I write my own songs, but mm-hmm. I can't play music or an instrument. So it's like, hey, take this melody and like figure it out on the guitar, please. Figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> So Martin does it his way. Um, the synopsis from IMDb by user CrouchBK, thank you, I love your synopses the most, um, says, The boys discover a box full of song lyrics that Martin wrote for Frank Sinatra. With their help, he sets one to music and sends it off. Frazier tries to compose a sincere eulogy for a despised late aunt while Niles tries to find the perfect place to scatter her ashes. So that's a lot going on. That's I was a kinda... heavy episode of, like, not heavy as in, like, sad. It's just, I mean, I guess it's a few There's a couple of things. But it's just, like, a lot is going on in each episode. Yeah, like, when I was re-watching this one, I kind of forgot that it was both the funeral and, like, the scattering of the ashes and the eulogy and the song. Like, yeah. that feels like such a weird mix of... Normally, there's, like, a B storyline and an A storyline. Not, like, But I two feel A's. like there's, like, an A and a B and a C storyline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So, yeah. His Aunt Louise has died. She's a terrible human. Um, We don't even hear about her before this or after this. I don't know if it's... Martin's sister or mm. his mom's sister. Um, but yeah, I guess she's a dreadful old harpy is how Frazier describes her. Um, Frazier basically is given the role to plan her funeral and give her eulogy because even though he's always treated like crap by her, he was still her favorite, I think, because she she could brag to her nursing home friends that he was a famous doctor on the radio oh that's a good point i didn't even think of why she might like him i just felt like it's also just one of those family members that like supposedly they appreciate you and love you but they act like horrible towards you i don't know anyone like that no not at all and i'm not gonna name names because there's no one to name (laughs) (laughs) we all have them we all have them i bet we all do not us though and then of course yeah (laughs) Sorry. Just gonna skip over that. 
Our family's going to be our only listeners for a while. So <laughs> Maybe just... not alienate them. Whoever's listening that's our family, it's not you we're talking about. <laughs> it could never be you. <laughs> Sorry. I just talk like that. I don't mean it. <clears throat> I don't right. even have anyone in mind. <laughs> All right. It's so a real inside baseball happening right now <laughs> into Sarah's brain. Inside baseball. Yeah, you know that phrase? No, but it does feel like just throwing and catching baseballs. It's like the, just me. It's like stats and like boring stuff, like all the oh, small details it's of boring. Things. Not boring. <laughs> I knew you were gonna stick to that word. I knew that was the word you're going to hear is boring. All right, I'm sorry. Jeez, I'm done. What about Martin? He has some shit going on in his. Life. <laughs> okay, I don't want to get to Martin yet. I want to talk about Niles first. Niles is given the job to get rid of Aunt Louise's ashes. And so he's carrying around this urn the whole time. (laughs) And he doesn't know where to drop her ashes. And I love that Martin's like, you can always flush her down this toilet. She loved the water. (laughs) (laughs) And Niles is sitting there thinking of where to scatter her ashes. He's just in thought and he's, oh, oh, oh. Nope. <laughs> That's like one of my favorites. Anyways, um, so the third is, of course, Martin. Martin uh, has a dream, a secret dream. Secret. Do you have a secret dream? I feel like I do have the dream of making music and performing. And also being like a makeup like influencer. Oh, like making this little tutorials. This is real vulnerable. This is real. Like me admitting this to myself too. She but. is very good at makeup. Thank you. Yeah. But I mean, obviously we can all improve too. So it'd be like one of those work, you know, you'd see my, you would your, see my artistry your evolve. Journey. Yeah. But I've gotten really like started to get into more creative makeup. But ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to be a singer every now and then. Well, you're a great singer. Thanks. She was in like choruses and choirs and acapella groups and stuff. So thanks. I appreciate You're welcome. It. But yeah, I mean, it would be cool. Like maybe actually take one of the songs that I've written and put it out or yeah. perform. So that, that's me. I mean, do you have any secret dreams? Secret dreams. I don't know if I have something specific right now in my life. I'm very like open about things I want to accomplish so I mean I just want to be successful and well known for being a badass kind boss how would you be well known like you want to write some books publish some research papers I would love to write you know what my secret dream is what being a successful podcast (laughs) (laughs) really and we're doing it right now we're going after our dreams yeah which going after our dreams is also a sub theme yeah we noticed all all of these episodes it has to do with like going going after a dream or like the secret desire that you have or like this other path you didn't take and you let's see what happens if you do take that path Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i am a I'm a researcher, master's grad student in sociology. Mm. I work with children, and I also want to be a podcaster is my secret dream. So, I love that. I'm going for it now. Why not? Yeah. 
Yeah. Even just saying it out loud, I feel like helps. I feel like a weight was lifted when I said that. Oh, I was right. like, oh my God, I do have a secret dream, but I'm doing it right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm on my career path, but I have some side <clears throat> dreams. You know, like I'm very passionate about my career path and happy You're doing with that. great. But I also have, you know, I feel like everyone does have those extra And I things. think we should. I think creativity is like the key to life happiness. It can't just be all grind. Yeah, and I think Whether it is you, important to nurture all of those things. And you don't have to commoditize. Is that the word I want, I'm looking for? You don't Beats need to me. like make money off of your hobby. Yeah, or like... You know, capitalize. like capitalize, like make it a money making thing because sometimes that ruins it. It'd be amazing if you could make money off mm-hmm. of your little dream. And that's what Martin's trying to do. He's trying to write his his Frank Sinatra song. Let's bring it back. Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. song um, with the help of Niles and Frazier because they're musically inclined. And he has melodies and lyrics um that he has worked on for 30 years you know on stakeouts and on breaks at work and Mm -hmm. he always dreamed about taking his wife hester to a frank sinatra show and frank opening it up opening up the show with one of martin's songs so that's his secret dream fraser convinces him hey we can help you write this song tonight let's go (laughs) you know what i found out though what well, I didn't really, like, ever think about this, but apparently Frank Sinatra had not recorded a solo studio album since 1984's L.A. is My Lady, 11 years earlier. L.A. is my lady. <laughs> <laughs> so, at this point, he's 80 years old and in failing health, so it was really unlikely at this point, like, at the timeline of the show that Frank Sinatra would be producing more music. You know, I thought about that watching this episode. I was like, was Frank Sinatra even alive at this time? Yeah, he, so he wasn't doing great. It's so. interesting that just like push that storyline through. Like he is performing still, but it's kind of funny because I feel like it accentuates like this whole idea that it's like a dream that you have because he's waited thirty years for this. I mean, Frank Sinatra's still alive. It's kind of now or never. Obviously, they did write him back saying rejected. No. Spoiler alert. Sorry, we didn't get there. Yet. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but I think that's interesting. I mean, realistically, what whose song would he have taken? He wasn't recording anything. Michael Bublé, if he just waited a few more years, he could have sent his song to Michael Bublé. Could have had his time. Harry Connick Jr. Wasn't he doing Yeah, good but things? it's not Sinatra. Sinatra on the jukebox. <laughs> Martin would <laughs> definitely poo-poo Harry Connick Jr. and Michael Bublé. Like, yeah. nah, these aren't these They're are Sinatra, Sinatra wannabes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Frazier gets him to actually chase this dream. <laughs> well, here's some key quotes I love. Okay, share them. They were reading some of the lyrics before they start working on the song. And it's like, you make my heart go ring-a-ding. <laughs> and they, But they're saying it, and they look at his their dad, and he's like, yeah, this was Frank's. This was during Frank's ring a ding ding <laughs> period. <laughs> like so earnestly, like yeah, these lyrics aren't a joke. Like he will seriously sing these, and I seriously mean these lyrics. Yeah, he's writing to the audience. He knows what he's about. So they start writing, and he imme- Martin immediately just has notes. Like he's so <laughs> like he's an experienced songwriter. All of a sudden, he's like, "All right, so I think." I think the intro needs to start something like this. 
Bobbity bob bob scooby doo doo And there goes, if you look at Niall's face after Martin says that, it's the funniest, like, blinking stare face <laughs> and, like, trying to figure out, like, how do I respond to this without offending my father? <laughs> you know what I love, though, is how supportive they are. They were trying their best so hard. They were like, all right. And honest. If, yeah, especially when they're like, let's just sing it. Can we sing this part? Because it cuts to the later in the night and they're like, shirts are all unbuttoned and their hairs are all a mess. And they've been working for hours on this song. Uh-huh. And like Martin's in his undershirt and they're like, all right, let's st- let's start from the chorus. Let's do this. It's like, she's such a groovy lady. She makes my heart go hidey hidey. She is the chick I spend my nights dreaming of. And uh, they they want to redo the Heidi Haiti lyrics. <laughs> so Niles is like, I have an idea. What if like she's like a wood all cool and shady? I like Frasers. She makes the bravest cat go frady. <laughs> so many looks of shame right after that. And then little Daphne. She could have slept with Warren Beatty. That's a really good impression. <laughs> Sounds exactly like it. <laughs> she goes so high. She could have slept with Warren Beatty. So innocent for what she's saying. Very innocent. But she's not. You know that. Oh, yeah. All right. So then after they work on this song and Martin's all happy about it. He's like, I'm mailing this to Frank tomorrow. I'm going to get I'm going to get a response. I'm going to be a cool cat. I'm going to be a <laughs> songwriter for Frank. Uh-huh. Um, so it cuts to like two weeks later Uh and it's Fraser working on his eulogy. He can't figure out what to write. He's uninspired. I mean, when you hate someone. (laughs) Could you imagine writing a eulogy for someone you don't like? I feel like I would maybe find someone else to do it. I mean, I guess no one was. But what if you couldn't? Think of the person you don't Try like the best. most, and I think we can think of the same. I think I can picture oh. <laughs> who you'd wa- write it about. Could There's you worse. do it? Um, yeah, I feel like, I mean, I know in the show, the episode, Fraser says like he's trying to find something that's honest but good about her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would be my approach, too. So, like, it's kind of like... But I usually, rephrasing things like giving a perspective on something like, you know, if she woke up every morning and like yelled at kids running through her yard, you'd be like, she was committed, responsible. She was responsible and committed, mm-hmm. you know, she held others accountable. Yes. Like you don't have to enjoy it, but I mean, it's a eulogy. At least it's not something you're supposed to enjoy. <laughs> This like a, a birthday standing card. ovation after a <laughs> A birthday card oh, for someone God. you don't like oh, is a lot worse. Like when you're trying to be oh. like happy birthday, Buying but you like a- can't find anything. There's one good thing about them. Yeah. And you're trying to like It's, it's just hard, hard to buy a birthday card for someone you don't like. Cuz I'm not going to lie. I just buy the gift card and put my name on it, you know. Sometimes there's no choice. Sometimes there's no choice. You're right. But well, he has to write this. At eulogy. least with a eulogy, I mean it's not like 
it has to be the hap like you know you don't have to be like no it doesn't be like it was but you could, and butterflies so you could definitely be like she was responsible she held others accountable she cared about her well-being mm-hmm. like she was committed to her garden she held everyone to a high standard yeah that's like a way to rephrase it it's almost like professional language you know yeah like you're writing an email yeah <laughs> Like you're emailing Approach a eulogy. eulogy for someone you hate. Like a professional like you're email. writing an email to your boss. <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> we all know how to Pro do that. Pro tips here. There you go. Uh, yeah, so... I don't understand, though, the storyline of Daphne having a cold. Does that come into play at all? N- no. Like, maybe she did have a cold in real life. Oh, so they wanted to make her voice sound like... She had a cold. More but how she, like, kept... How she was going to go to the funeral still, if it was 2023, I'd be like, bitch, you're staying home. Get away from me. Because she was like, oh, it's just a little bit of a cold. Well, and you I'm, only die once. You can't miss that funeral. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> she can sit in the back. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of older people go to funerals. I don't know why I'm at... <laughs> Well, technically, this funeral, they it was all the nursing home people. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm thinking of. So I'm like, you can really, like, kill someone with that cold. Well, just think of how we perceive colds now in 2023 post... Yeah, like, I don't even want your cold. No. When someone sneezes, I'm like, get away we, from me. Like, we quarantine in a room, even if it's not COVID. Yeah, even if it's not COVID, I don't want whatever you have. No, Chris won't I can't believe we Look all at my mouth, let before. alone kiss my mouth <laughs> if I'm sick. No, I feel like after COVID, uh, germs just became so much more gross. And also harsh, and also we're more protective of our health, I think, now. Yeah, we're like, like, I remember when I worked for a corporation that I won't name. Corporation. <laughs> it, it technically is. <laughs> um, people would show up with colds all the time, like it was just standard. Yeah, I feel like everyday life, school... Um, my approach to work was just, you just push through it. You just go work in food service. You just go, even though they God, tell and you that is so disgusting. I, know. <laughs> I mean, you don't, you make sure you're washing your hands. You're not touching anything directly, but still like now, no, fuck no. no stay home. You have a sniffle. You get the hell out of this. If room. your nose feels a little stuffy, you better be using sick time. You got a little scratch on the back of your throat. Get out of here. Stay home. Call out. <laughs> anyway, so she goes to this funeral with a bunch of old people, <laughs> compromised <laughs> immune systems with a full on cold. So that was just like a thing that stuck out to me where I was like, this would not be cool. Um, then we got to Niles disposing of the ashes on the way to the funeral. And he's like in the background. Okay, so Niles is in the background in the forest where they decide to dump her ashes. And Martin and Fraser are having this like very sincere father-son discussion and you just see Niles struggling to open the (laughs) urn like hitting against a tree stomping on it like as a backdrop to this like very earnest conversation about how Frazier loves the song and he's sorry that it got rejected by Frank and like you know he still went for it and he's proud of his dad for at least trying you know and that's the whole moral of the story and then we get to the funeral Frazier starts his eulogy he's kind of like all wishy-washy, doesn't know what to say, kind of speaking mm-hmm. vague. And then it's like that scene where I'm like, did Love actually steal this scene from <laughs> Frasier? Because <laughs> all of a sudden, the choir starts singing and the pianist at the, at the church starts playing. And it's 
Martin's song. That's such a sweet son father moment. Yes. Like really already in season three, and I feel like they really have already developed their relationship that Frazier's been supporting him this whole time through this dream. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been making fun of this song, even though obviously he's more of an opera person and like yeah. classical music. He's, he's like, been, yeah, it's, he's it's been stuck down. In, I sang it in the shower this morning, Dad. It's stuck in my head. Yeah, and like him and Niles, like they love a project, and I love that they all came together for this. And then even when their dad got rejected, I mean, that also can be hard, I think, when you're helping your parent with something, you want them to achieve their dream, and it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really sweet that he found a way to make it come to life for Martin. Yeah, and like have him realize his dream of seeing his song performed by musicians. Also, what better... To say at a eulogy, if you don't know what to say, then she's such a groovy lady. She's such a groovy lady. That could mean anything. I mean, she's groovy in her own way. All ladies are groovy. Groove is subjective. Men can be groovy. (laughs) Anyone can be groovy. Anyone can be groovy. So, perfect choice, I think. I might use it for my eulogy. Yeah, I think if you're stuck in a bind and you don't know what to say for your (laughs) eulogy. I'm stuck in a coffin. (laughs) <laughs> I want you to sing She's Such a Groovy I think you've lady. asked me before to make sure it plays at your funeral. At something. My wedding, my funeral, my 40th birthday. <laughs> and I the want, bounce house. And I want a, chur- a church and choir. And a barbecue. <laughs> Fourth of July. Lady Liberty. She's such a groovy lady. Liberty. Hey, that's a good idea right there. Yeah. Frasier-themed Fourth of July party. We'll get, a big Ameri- song. we'll get a big American flag that blocks all the windows. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> all right. Do you have any dying wishes? Dying wishes? I definitely want to be like turned into like a tree. I don't want to be buried. Really? Yeah, like make me How grow do you turn again. into a tree? So they have this thing now, like a few, like one of your ways to like be taken care of after death is you're like put into... Like your ashes are put into like as like a compost with seeds to grow a tree, and my name Ash is like from the ash tree meadow. It's an actual tree, so I just want to poetically be an ash tree after this. That's cool as fuck. <laughs> I'm moved. You're moved. Someday you're gonna be a tree. I know. I'm gonna it's miss beautiful. you. Right. Should I be a tree too? I feel like trees last longer, you know? I mean, can't be like a redwoods. Short, uh, flower. Don't be a flower. Because then I would just die. I would fuck up and choose one that doesn't come back every year. <laughs> just a one time. One a hit wonder. <laughs> a wham bam number. A wham bam. One of those real <laughs> wham bam numbers. numbers. <laughs> no, definitely be like a tree. <laughs> mm. But you can be other things. You can be made into a diamond. Diamonds are forever, they say. They they do say that. Mm-hmm. I could be a diamond. Yeah. There's a bunch of... I feel like I'll get lost. You know? Like, it's one of those things that someone well, just puts in a fucking drawer. Well, you trust children and their and children like, is like, this is an heirloom. Yeah, but they might just say, like, it's an heirloom and then one day someone no, pawns me like, off. No, they'll be like, this is your fucking grandma. <laughs> They're not gonna... No. Somewhere along the line, someone's gonna forget. At least when they forget you're a tree, you're still a tree. But I'm just gonna be stuck in the <laughs> fucking glass of a pawn like, shop. <laughs> We sold for twenty dollars. What the hell do you think <laughs> of yourself? I just am saying I don't think I want to be $20? a diamond. Twenty dollars? They won't know I'm in there. 
Well, I wonder if they'll know that it's like a diamond or not, like a real diamond. Do you think they can tell, like, oh, no, this one's a person. Mm, this has humans. <laughs> There's an aura about this. Organ donor. <laughs> this one spoke to me. You can also donate your body to science. Yeah. I saw a display where it showed, like, the uh, organs. <laughs> like a... <laughs> I'm not even going to... Okay, it was two donated bodies, and they had a display of what it looks like having sex where they straight actually, like you can straight see the bodies like they look like sex. people but you know like the body that museum, was cool to you the human body museum that's you know where they show they like the muscles <laughs> the muscles i'm not putting my muscles on display <laughs> people would look at it and be like she should have worked out more okay <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is a whole other podcast Sorry. Next episode, we're going to go in chronological order. So, hey, it's season your- three, episode, episode 16. 16. Look before you leap. That is your favorite episode. You talked about it last week. It is currently. And you went like kind of broad on your. So we'll, we'll dive a little more into it, but obviously we've already covered it a little. So yeah. hopefully everyone's a little refreshed. I won't make you. Think about it again. No, I want you to Actually, think about I it again. I am going to make you think I about want it again. To talk about this talk episode about right now. Okay. Well, Look Before You Leap aired in, on February 27th, 1996. I just feel like it's nice to set the scene. It was right before Leap Day. Oh. Okay. 1996. Imagine where you could have been in 1996. It's kind of like how they have like Halloween episodes around Halloween. And like, yeah. I kind of like that. And I'm, was it a You don't see a Leap Day episode very often. I only remember one in 30 Rock. Oh. Yeah, is was that year leap year too? Hope the hopefully. year they did that. Oh, you didn't. Oh, I imagine it was. It's on the fours. Okay, okay, or evens. I think. I don't know. I'm not a calendar expert. You're not a Gregorian calendar expert. <laughs> not Gregorian. Get out of here. <laughs> you need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> Another summary from IMDb, but uncredited. This person did not put their username, so sorry. I challenge you next time to write your own synopsis. All right, we can't all be perfect. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know coming out of me. Okay, next time I'll make my own summary. Just pretend it's mine. I just don't plagiarize, so I'm telling you. She's crediting the sources, and we'll put those in the show notes. Yeah, so IMDb... Where all good podcasters go. In honor of February 29th, Frazier encourages the people around him to take a leap and do something outside of their comfort zone. Unfortunately, their attempts result in failures and make him have doubts about his own leap. So the episode starts off. It's getting close to February 29th and they're talking about upcoming plans. Martin wants to go see his friend Jimmy in Montana for his 16th birthday. He actually has been debating. He doesn't think he, he'll go. Wait, wait, wait. 16? Yeah. So he's 64. Oh! Because his birthdays are on fe- February 29th. When I'm 64. You got songs today. It's the Beatles. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so Jimmy's birthday is on February 29th every year. Have you ever met someone who's born on the lead no. day? I have. You have? Yeah. Do they look younger? No. He was, like, really tall. Hmm. So he was Anything leaps he looked- and bounds above you. Yeah. He was, like... He took leaps when you took steps. <laughs> <laughs> Baby's first leaps. 
Um, yeah, I, I know they're tormented. Anyone born on a leap day is tormented by jokes like, oh, you're two years old. Like, oh. and they're like eight. God, I would just be like, it's the, my birthday's the 28th. I would just tell Well, that's everybody. what they do. They pick the 28th or the 1st. Isn't that fucking weird? Like, what yeah. if your birthday was the day before or after? Like, you can't celebrate. It doesn't exist some years. Isn't that weird? I would just be so mad at my mom for not trying like, how harder dare to you? labor to... You were going through so much and you didn't no, make she sure... she needed to go harder. She either needed to push harder <laughs> or squeeze her legs harder and, like, wait for At least let me be day. born on an actual day. This day doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) So Jimmy is one of those people that was born on a a leap day. So they joke that it's his 16th birthday in Montana. And I really love seeing like Martin's little traditions with his friends. Like he mentions that they have a contest to see who has the biggest scar. And Martin claims that he might have a shot now that shark bait O'Reilly died. (laughs) I just he's love so when excited. They, he's like, oh, like his friend died. <laughs> I love when they, he just mentions all these weird things. Oh, he it's does like with his friends, friends having died or like mm-hmm. fishing or all these random the ham. Isn't yeah, like ham when situation? Jimmy brings out the ham. <laughs> I would be nice to be there for the ham or whatever. <laughs> so he's thinking he won't go. I mean, it's all the way in Montana, but. Frazier starts encouraging him and he starts musing about the idea of leap day that it only comes around once every four years. We get an extra day in the year and he says, it's leap day. Take a leap. Take a leap. I just think about that a lot. Yeah. I'm really sad that we didn't have a leap day this year. That would have been topical too because it's like early March right now. Yeah. Damn. Well. well <laughs> next time. A couple years. I don't know actually next time or not. Daphne wants to get a Daphne haircut. Daphne talks about getting a haircut. And oh. this is when Martin makes fun of her. And this is when he has his English accent that's really funny because he actually was born in England. But he has do that. it. You do it so well. I'm so sick of me hair. <laughs> Should I get a cut like Princess Di? God, everyone was getting there. Our Aunt Bitsy got a haircut like that. Really? Yep, she had a princess dye haircut. I kind of think it's a sweet thing that we do as humanity that we just like one person's haircut so much. We all get it. We all get it. Like the Rachel. How adorable. (laughs) Now, yeah. You know? (laughs) What are we doing now? The butterfly cut. Oh, the butt. Who's the butterfly, though? We used to have Princess Diana. That's true. There's icons. Jennifer Aniston. I don't know who specifically has it, but I know that they do. Well, you know what? I would have gotten the Raws. Oh, I love Roz's I want hair. The Roz. I was literally like, I need to figure out what she did. Yeah. Okay, so she wants to get a haircut. Martin's like, I will literally pay for you to get this haircut and stop talking about it. And she's like, Well, I'll pay for your trip to Montana. And then Fraser's like, You guys can each pay for your own shit. Yeah. <laughs> no one needs to do that. So they're like, Okay, we'll we'll do this. We'll take a leap. We'll go after these things that we've been thinking about doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Frazier, meanwhile, talks about how he sung Buttons and Bows for three years at the PBS Pledge and Drive. What is this song even from, Buttons so, and Bows? <laughs> Buttons and Bows is from The Pale Face, which is like a Wild West spoof, like Western comedy. It's The song was by Jay Livingston and Ray Evans for this movie. Okay. Um, we might need to wash it because I would love to see it in context because it, <laughs> it makes no sense. I don't <laughs> buttons and bows. <laughs> so and you know what I thought was really cool when I was looking at this? It, the song was published February twenty fifth, nineteen forty eight. 
another like, almost leap year. You know what? I don't even know if it was a leap year, so I feel like that was but foolish. But still, of me. like late but, like, February, end of February. Was the energy it was could have been any time of the year, but it was almost leap day. It's weird. Yeah, weird. crazy, almost crazy. <laughs> so. Uh, meanwhile, also, Niles hasn't had sex in six months. Fraser points out that he's only been separated from Maris for three months, and Niles was like, your point. Yeah, and? <laughs> and? Um, he says he's been paying women to touch him, but we find <laughs> out he means manicurists, pedicurists, pedicurists and, like, massage way. artists. Massage artists, huh? I, I love know. that. Massage artists. I don't art. know if that's what he said, but that's what I believe. Massage therapist. <laughs> <laughs> that was the gist. Oh, I want to be a massage artist. Is it like they do designs on your back when they massage you? I mean, you gave like me a, a massage latte. earlier. I feel like you could be a massage artist. I did. She had a knot in her back. It was and so I, bad. I helped but you her fixed out. it. I, I needed the knot out. And I needed you to need it. <laughs> I needed you to need the fact that I needed your knot out. I needed that knot out. And you knotted it. Needed it out. And I nodded your knee <laughs> Okay, we're done. Um, but Niles also says whenever you see a well-groomed man, you can bet he's not getting any. Do you believe this? Oh, no. No? I feel like... I feel like 50-50 because it ch- could show that he's a well-groomed man and I'm not trying to like come at anybody like how they present themselves and stuff like that. Um a well-groomed man, it can mean multiple things. It could be, like, your own personal preference of, like, like almost like an OCD thing. And that's what I always attribute it to with Niall mm-hmm. specifically. But it also could be, like, a sign of desperation of, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get my hair done. I'm going to get my eyebrows waxed. I want to attract women. See, that's what I would think, if anything. Like, either you're in a newer relationship or you're with someone you're trying to impress or, like, maybe you're trying to attract people so you're gonna i've never thought of like i need women to touch me like i'm this down bad that i'm going to pay someone to do my nails just to feel something yeah that's probably more of like the joke written for the show but like a well-groomed man i feel like if i knew a guy got like manicures or pedicures i wouldn't first off would not care like i don't judge that i i've been trying to get chris to go get a manicure or pedicure Mm. with me because i think they are awesome they're so fun great um, but I would think it's more of like a personal preference. I hope to God, it's not like a sexual gratification thing of getting your feet done because like if I was the pedicurist and That's I knew true. that guy it's was creepy. like getting a hard on cause I was touching his feet, I would be disgusted. And we talked about in the first episode how creepy sometimes Niall's behavior is. That's true. In the beginning he is creepy in other ways. So it's not even surprising. So like the fact that he's like using it to get female touching him, I think it's like I hope that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've never thought of that perspective, but I I do feel like I feel like it's nice when people groom themselves in general. Yeah, it shows that like care about themselves you do I don't some like, self-care. You yeah. look after yourself. Do what makes you feel good. And I don't need anything extreme. Yeah. I mean, Chris is like a very bare bones, basic kind of guy. He showers, brushes his teeth. <laughs> there we go. Does he use head and shoulders? No. You've won the lottery. Yeah, he uses multiple <laughs> products on his hair. Because he has long hair. He's That's a, true. He does take good care of it. Yeah, so I've... I think he might have done that in the past before I domesticated him a little bit. <laughs> Where you tamed. <laughs> tamed the dragon. What? Uh, I don't know what I'm saying. So, 
Frazier goes to work and he sees Roz, obviously. And she talks about how she met this guy, Gary, on the bus. And it was basically love at first sight. She feels like they had such an instant connection. He laughed, and then I <laughs> laughed, and he said, I had a good laugh, and then I said, he had a good laugh. <laughs> like, complete, like, schoolgirl crush on this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's smitten with him, and they almost went out, like, kind of set up a date, and then they got separated. So mm-hmm. Fraser's like, we literally are on a radio show. Yeah. Why let's... not just shout him out? Mm-hmm. So she, after hearing him give a whole speech about Leap Day again, he she takes his influence and actually goes for it. Um, and lo and behold, later on, um, Gary shows up to the studio with flowers for Roz and seems so cute and innocent. It's in the background and Fraser's on air. He's like, oh, Gary showed up with flowers <laughs> for Roz, like telling the listeners. Also, then he promises that he's going to sing an aria from Verdi's Rigoletto for the PBS Because, like, he's so moved by, like, Roz going for it, he's going to go for his own leap day thing, right? Yes. And then meanwhile, in the background, Roz starts hitting this guy with flowers because he admits yeah, that he has a wife. Yeah, smashing him in the head with the bouquet. The flowers are going everywhere because, yeah, he's married. Yeah, he's married. And he's like, well, we could still go out. Like, we're still, Trash. still down, boo. Trash. So... Frazier doesn't even realize all like this is the last of his leap day encouragements and it's already starting to go wrong. Yep. So right he there. he already has promised he's gonna sing this challenging yeah, Roz aria. Is over really quick. Like Roz's whole thing is like <laughs> very you know about it and then it goes to crap. <laughs> then what's next is Martin's plane having an emergency landing. <laughs> yeah. So Frazier gets home, Martin gets home, and he looks like all roughed up. He His just, hair is He got pushed up. to go on the trip. Yeah. Okay. So he did go on the trip, but it turns out the plane, um, birds like hit the engine. <laughs> my nightmare. I'm so scared of flying. <laughs> oh my God. So they had to have an emergency landing, and just everything about it was horrible. Like they thought they were going to die. Even the actual landing, someone like crashed into him. When they exit, yeah, the he plane. comes in hot, hot, He's mad, real upset pissed. about it. He's like, I should never gone. That was a stupid decision. So already number two. Soon after that, <laughs> in walks Daphne with the worst haircut, worst, the worst, <laughs> just fried and mascara running, and she's like been crying. crying. Have you ever had a haircut that you just cried after? I have. <gasps> you have. I did the mushroom. Oh, well... Maybe you didn't cry. Now I have to talk about the mushroom because you, you said the to. mushroom... It could just be an ominous... <laughs> I was eight, so let's just put that into perspective. It's yeah. not like I was a grown-up. No, you didn't choose it. I didn't choose it. Um, I didn't cry. Mom cried when I came off the airplane from being <laughs> at Dad's all summer, my Dad's all summer, and saw my hair cut that happened at my Dad's all summer. Mm-hmm. And I went from having, like, lower back length hair to shoulder length mop on my head. (laughs) And she took a, she took me like the next day. First off, she cried. Like, I love that mom cries. Who did this to you? Like, like it's hair. It was like years of growing (laughs) though. Like your only daughter at this point, she only had one daughter. That's true. It's my long. And I had thick, long, like horse hair. Like I had like (laughs) thick hair. So she, the next day she takes me to our, like, hairstylist that we went to, like, at a kid's cut place or whatever. And the only way they could fix all, like, the choppy, like, messed up haircut that this person at a, na- a military base gave. 
the only way they could fix it is like by bringing everything up really, really oh, short and having no. these short layers to where it looked like a little mushroom dome, like, uh, like no country for old men, Javier Bardem haircut, like no bang. I don't know if there's bangs or not. There might have been bangs, bangs, but it was like I look like the mushroom characters from Mario Kart or like <laughs> Super like Mario. Toad? Not Toad, oh. like the little mushrooms that like slide at the bottom. Because <laughs> that's what Joey, my older, our older brother, would call me. He's like, you look like a mushroom. <laughs> Mom does cry over a haircut. Mushroom head. When I was little. Three freaking. When don't I, even get me started. <laughs> when I was three, I was at home and our other brother was supposed to be watching me. Um, but he trusted me enough to let me. Hang out with scissors. Chill on my own. But, yeah, I took some scissors and I cut my hair over a trash can. Um, Which is, like, a natural thing. But, like, use a doll next time. But, first off, it took so long for her as a baby to grow hair. And my mom and I were both just like, oh, it's long enough to do ponytails. Oh, soon (laughs) it's going to be long enough to do braids. And then this bitch (laughs) goes and cuts her freaking hair off all alone and with a pair of kids scissors and a trash Vibing still, just chilling. Um, I remember Sean walking in. I literally have I have memories of the trash can, my hair in the trash can. Sean walking in and then looking in the mirror with like him or mom or someone. Like I wasn't just on my own. Like someone was like making me look at it. <laughs> like a dog who pooped in the carpet. <laughs> literally, I bet look it was mom. It. Put your nose in. <laughs> That's a hundred percent mom. And I just remember I I remember hearing that she asked me why I did it, and I said I just want to be beautiful. Oh. And I blame all the magazines that we had. You were three. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was trying to give myself. Did I already have bangs? I feel like I had to get bangs after that. No, you got bangs and your hair went from like this kind of long lob to mm-hmm. like a mushroom short bob. I feel like we were punished with mushrooms. Mushroom heads. That's what people called me at school was mushroom head. Hey, mushroom head. And that's how they said it, too. Head. Hey, mushroom head. Anyways, so she hates her haircut. So we relate to Daphne. Uh, Hers wasn't a mushroom head, but it might as well have been. All right. So Daphne asked them how bad the haircut is, and they are not any help at all. And she gets really upset at Fraser specifically. She says, like, take a leap. Like, you literally told me to take a leap, and here I am. This is how it worked out. So I'm sure Fraser's starting to... Like, how about, like, communicate with your hairdresser more? Yeah, how did you sit there and just say this is fine the entire time? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely on her. I'm sorry. I'm a Daphne stan, and I'm going to blame this on Daphne only, not Fraser. She has to take accountability. Yeah. Not like the plane ride and the Gary being married. That's not... Roz or Martin's fault. That's true. This is like Daphne, Daphne could say this. Like, I'm sorry, you're sitting facing a mirror the whole time, and you can also talk to. Yeah, the even person. at the end, if it was bad, you could have been like, mm, no, no, please, please fix and redo it. This. So Niles comes in, or Niles is already there. Oh yeah, he is there. <laughs> so Niles is already He's there. Always there. They yeah, they've been working on the song um, and practicing together. Niall sees that yet another disaster has occurred, and he is just like, I'm leaving. I'm done with this. Like, look at how all your leap days have turned out. I'm not following your advice. I'm going to go. He throws his wine glass, (laughs) and Frazier gets mad at him, but Niles has the famous, I don't care. Niles got to have it. I don't care. 
Niles gotta have it. <laughs> and he goes to meet up with Maris. To fornicate. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, um, Fraser goes to the PBS pledge drive. Roz is answering phone calls and she sees him and she tries to make him more antsy about everything, saying, like, wow, you're so brave. Like, look at all these lights. She's and trying cameras. to stress him out, right? Because she got screwed over on her leap day challenge. Yeah, she's mad at him. And so that just definitely adds to it. The pianist is asking Fraser, like, how are you going to hit pianist. the Pianist. Yeah. Sorry, that's always such a funny word. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get through it without that. Sorry. Um, the pianist. The pianist. Um, was asking Fraser, like, how are you going to get through the song? There's these high notes. I don't think you can hit this. So no one has faith in him to do this. He is clearly, like, had too much courage going Fun to fact, this. the pianist in that sh- episode is from the Blues Brothers Band. Wow. Yep, That's I read that. I read that, too. I'm a researcher. <laughs> you are a researcher. Look at you go. I do work for this hobby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Fraser. It finally makes this last-minute decision. He's going back to Buttons and Bows. He had already done it for three years. That's what he knows best. He cannot do this aria that he's barely, like, he's tried practicing for, and it has not worked out. So he goes to sing Buttons and Bows, and as we all know, it is just a garbage fire. Like, it is just (laughs) made-up words. Doesn't it start like, who even listens? (laughs) Who even watches PBS? I'll tell you who. <laughs> and the camera's actually recording it. So it's already, I would be shaken even yeah, if everything right else then, hadn't right happened. Then. Mm-hmm. But he just makes up his own words. Bop, bop, bops, and buttons and bows and tacos and hoes. And things and buttons and buttons and bows. Buttons and bows. Have you ever had an embarrassing performance? Oh, yeah. So in second grade, I did I Got No Strings on Me mm-hmm. um, from Pinocchio. And this is for the talent show at my school. And I got up there and I f- had f- stage fright and I froze. And then I started crying. <laughs> on stage? On stage. And I was dressed up as a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and I was no. holding... A puppet. And I was crying. So I ran off stage. And um, mom came and got me. And I remember there was like older boys performing like boys to men or something like that. Like fifth grade boys. And they were like, you can do it. You can do it. It was really sweet. I remember that. And then mom was like talking to me like, will you do it if I go up there with you? Really? So I went up on stage with mom. She held the puppet. And I sang, you got no strings to hold me down. And I sang the whole song. I love To make me fret or make me frown. That's so sweet. So I was the last performance that night because they were like, we got to move on. And then like, (laughs) they're like, all right, we'll squeeze her in. Aww. Yeah. I, um, I want to say it was an aria, but when I was looking at arias, I guess it's just a solo performance or like a solo okay. opera song. So I don't, it was something like an aria. It was Italian. Um, mm. in my on like acapella group in high school, we each split up and we were trying to be better like musicians. So three of us had to like teach ourselves this song and figure out what it was supposed to sound like and practicing it oh, all geez, together. Like no pressure. Yeah, literally. And despite our practicing like it was just too much everyone else figured it out for the performance and ours was just so 
so bad. Like, just the worst <laughs> performance I've ever had in my life. And I was like, I wish this wasn't real life happening to me right now. Because I was also, like, 17 or 18. Like, I was not... Like a child. Young enough to be like, aw, how sweet. Like, I was basically an adult. And they were like, no better. And it was just like, I could tell that my teacher was like, what? Because <laughs> we're, like, we were actually performing in front of all these, like, parents. And it was just not good. So you guys did it separately and came together to make it? Like, three of us had practiced all together, but we were in different groups. So there were other groups in the class that did a lot better (laughs) and, like, figured it out. Like, everyone really struggled, but they got it together for the night. And we were literally, like, looking at each other like, we're just, we just need to get through this. Like... (laughs) We have. It was literally a bop, when I bop, 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 <laughs> like waiting for it to be over, and then just being ashamed, walking <laughs> off stage, and then leaving. I think I went to Dunkin' Donuts to try to drown drown my sorrows, <laughs> and as munchkins. you do when you're seventeen, and in the East Coast in a rural town. <laughs> yeah, it's all all you can do. <laughs> Dunkin'. I think that's why I like this episode so much. Just because, like. You've been there. It's funnier when it happens to him. I also love that he <laughs> tries to sell it. Like, he's dancing. Oh, I was going to tell time. you. Like, did you try to sell no. like, big smile and, like, energy? Because he did, like, a little dance. He was smiling. I feel like when I got to college, I've, I'd had some bad performances that I sold. But, no, this one was not one that I sold. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for everybody. Did, was mom there? Yeah. And you know what? She didn't come on stage and hold a puppet for me, so... <laughs> can already tell you. You the were the favorite. puppet. <laughs> I was That's the puppet and the puppeteer. All right. Well, let's do this last one real quick. It's it basically is not a huge storyline. So we don't have to go through a lot of exposition. But uh, Frazier has to create a theme song for his show. And this station manager, Kenny, our lovable Kenny, um, is, like, pushing. He's, like, late already. He's, like, come on. I need this jingle for your show. We need something catchy to, like, grab the listeners before your show starts. Gil Uh, already has one. Gil already has one. Do you know it? I kind of forgot. It's, like, whether it's wine or where you dine, it's all a matter of taste. Of taste or something. (laughs) I kind of forget it. (laughs) Sings it perfectly. Just a matter of taste. There, that's it. See, yeah. you remember it better. I remember the last part. It's just a matter of taste. I think it's a real song. From not what? Sorry, I didn't <laughs> didn't take yeah. notes on that one. So basically, he goes back home. Niles is there, of course. They have a glass of sherry. He's like, I want to freaking create this. I want to compose it. I want to challenge myself. I've always had an affinity for music. I want to see what I can do when I'm put up to the challenge. (laughs) Because it's worked in all these other episodes before. (laughs) Yeah, we're on season seven here. No, they don't learn. They do not. Men don't learn. Let's talk about that. Um, So they kind of have a similar scene of like when they're working on the Martin song where like it cuts to them at the piano late at night, sleeves pushed up on their arms, working on his composition with Niles. And like, um, I think it's pretty funny that like Niles is so gung ho about this and it's like, <laughs> brilliant. It's a brilliant idea. And like, you actually rarely never see them 
work well together. And this one, they actually but see, do. It's the same with like in the other episode with Martin's song. I feel like they're so supportive of each other when it comes to writing this music and it's this music project brings people together. Actually, you're so right. So he's like. You know what? It's just too simple. Ooh, I want to add a monologue, a d- dramatic monologue in the middle of it. And then he hires Niles to do the monologue. And then we're in the middle of them, like, talking about making it less simple. Like, Martin comes out and he's like, hey, I was brushing my teeth and I just saw this jingle. And just real quick, just off the top of his head, he's like, what's new? I'm listening Feeling blue, I'm, I'm listening. listening. Feeling sad, feeling mad, feeling glad, feeling bad. I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's catchy, and uh, Frazier's probably like, damn, that is catchy in his head. But he's like, well, Dad, I, I promised my listeners I'd compose it myself. He's so stubborn. And I can't lie to them. That'd be cheating. Um. So basically, it fades from there mm-hmm. to a friggin' lives like a studio recording a studio and has like a whole freaking orchestra in it's there. It's the most ridiculous amount of instruments. So much musicians, so many instruments. I think it says like what it's like everything from oh freaking lost it. But basically it's like any kind of instrument is there. An African rain stick to a Javanese tam tam. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh then a choir walks in, um Niles comes up to him and he's like, Frazier, did you mean to cut out paragraph five of my monologue? Which means there's five or more paragraphs to this <laughs> monologue. Uh, and uh, the line that comes out of this whole discussion is like, if less is more, just think about how much more, more, <laughs> more will, will be. be. <laughs> I think about that a lot. Um, and then Kenny arrives and not our Fraser so stoked to get him in there and be like, Yes, we're about to start. You can watch the whole thing. I'm I'm sure you're gonna love it. Like I I stepped basically he's like, I stepped up to the challenge. Here's your jingle. It's gonna be amazing. So they start with like the fanfare horns and I love that they do it first and Fraser's like just shows how fucking asshole is like standard <laughs> oh my snobby God. he is. He's like, do it with a bit more grandeur, with some majesty, and a soupçon of awe. It literally sounds the same. Soupçon? What the fuck is a soupçon? <laughs> look up some words. Um, so at the end of this whole, like, minutes-long jingle, quote-unquote, of, like, choir <laughs> and noise and storms and the monologue and all the instruments and everything, Kenny's like, wow. And uh, Fraser's just like, oh, yes, it takes your breath away. You're speechless. Let me go grab champagne to celebrate. Uh, And then, of course, while Fraser's gone getting the champagne, Kenny's like, looks at Daphne and Roz and Martin is like, I just wanted a little jingle, just a short little (laughs) song. That's all. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. And then Daphne's like, oh, you should sing him your little song, basically. And Martin sings it, and they're like, yes, I love it. We'll take that. Frazier comes back. He's pissed. He's like, feels betrayed by Martin for letting Kenny know his little jingle. He's at home playing the piano later that night, sad, morose. Like, his whole, like, orchestra plan went to hell. It didn't get approved, and... 
Martin's like, come on, just simplify it. And Frazier's like, I, I can't simplify things. And I struggle with that too. Like yeah. when I do research papers, I go crazy and it takes like, I'm assigned like, an, like this is back when I was in grad school. Like I'd be assigned like 15 pages. It'd be like 22 pages. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so, and professors don't want that. They no, want the they're myth. done reading. They're like really seven extra pages. Like, fuck you. It's hard to cut back. I understand. Um, so basically he has this conversation with Mars. Like, what do you like? What are you trying to offer? Like, and he leaves that night with like some advice for Frazier and is like, if you have a problem, you know, call me, I'm going to bed. And then of course that inspires Frazier to write his little jingle. If you got a problem, if you're feeling low, looking for some answers, things you need to know, all you got to do is ask. I think that's such a cute jingle. And it actually works for his show. Like, the other one was just literally about, like, psychiatry and psychologically as a whole profession and idea. It was, like, it was, like, an intro to a television show versus, like, a a radio show. A musical theater, like, play. About psychiatry. Yeah, it was not, like, I, I would be, like, is Look, I kind of want a copy of that song. It was it very impressive. very cool and, like, fun. But it but is... But it wasn't a jingle. It is not a jingle. A jingle is a... Well, I just want to share something about that episode, though. You can share something with me and our listeners. Oh, I thought you were like... <laughs> um, basically, in Cheers, I know... I'm not a cheers person, but apparently, um, John Mahoney, he was in yeah. cheers episode as a jingle writer. Yeah, exactly. It was cheers. Do not forsake me. Oh, my postman in 1992. And in that episode, they hire a jingle writer and it's actually played by John Mahoney. So it's funny that Martin is the one that comes up with this so easily because he has a history of being a jingle writer. Yeah. That's so funny. As we, I didn't realize he had been in Cheers, too, which I think is funny as like well. Like, it's all connected. But technically... I guess they loved him so much, like, the creators, that he didn't even have to apply. Like, apply. He didn't have to audition to be on, like, as the dad. Oh, is that true? They were just like, you... yeah, we want him for the dad. If he wants really? to do it, he's he's it. They hold him... He held... They, he's yeah, he was held to such high regard. Wow. Yeah, he was a steppable actor in Chicago and... I love that for him. Yeah, he's a great man, apparently. I mean, I kind of knew that. Yeah. R.I.P. So that's all we have on each of those episodes. Um, We already kind of talked about how all of them have to do with going after a dream or desire that each of the characters had. But I think it's cool that in all the episodes, they're supportive of one another and encouraging each other to go after these dreams and helping each other out. It really speaks to their support system. I, I don't know. I think it's funny that that's what they relate on is And that music. was also, like, something we loved about the show in our first episode that we talked about is just, like, the how support the support system of them being there for each other as family and friends. And I also love that there was that sub—our main theme that we sought after this week for this episode was music— but what ended up coming out of it was, like, this heartwarming, like, go after your dreams. Like, yeah. if you have a secret desire, secret wish, or it's a day to take a chance, or, you know, all these yeah, little, like, things, like a path you could have taken and you didn't, go after it. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, you can have a bad haircut, but you could also have someone bring your song to life. So, 
Either and way, hair grows back. It does. And something good can come out of it. So. I learned that at eight years old. So, and I learned that at three. So, may your hair dreams and your bad haircuts grow, grow, <laughs> help you grow. And we encourage you to follow your, your dreams. dreams. Well, that's it for me. And that's it for me, too. So, here we are wishing you a good day and good mental health. Bye. Bye. The Crane Reframe, a Frasier fan podcast, is brought to you by Another Mr. Productions and is hosted by Ash Baker and Sarah Hale. Executive producers, Ash Baker, Sarah Hale, and Chris Sikora. Produced and recorded by Chris Sikora at Voyager Studios. Edited by Ash Baker, Sarah Hale, and Chris Sikora. Intro theme is Midnight Walker by Wendy Marchoni. Outro theme is Hanzo by Martin Landstrom. Follow us on Instagram at The Crane Reframe.